Hey, everyone, and welcome to Captain Hunter's podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. Listen, today uh, I wanted to talk about something that really, really bothered me, and that is this misinformation uh, campaign. Now, I'm saying that this is misinformation um, because I don't believe that it was intentional. Um, let me say from the jump here that I am a, a big fan of Roland Martin. I think that he puts out some great, great information. Uh, he talks about things that many times we don't hear in the traditional uh, media. Uh, I don't like that that word is traditional media, but there's some things that he displays and that he puts up for his uh, topics uh, that are really uh, poignant and really pointed towards myself, particularly as an African-American. Uh, but he, he really puts out, in, in my opinion, some good information. However, with that said, I think in this uh, particular segment that I'm going to talk about today, he really, really missed the mark. And I'm really, really disappointed. And I, and I felt so, so impassioned by his statement. Uh, that I really thought I had to do a, a video about this to to try to correct this. Now, Roland Martin is recording this. I believe he recorded and released this on um, the 27th of October. Um, uh, so I'm not sure exactly sure. He he displays some of the information. So he's talking through whatever he knew at that particular time. Of course, I'm recording this, you know, three days later on October 30th. Uh, so, you know, some information is going to be new and newer according to what I know, and then according to what Mr. Martin knew at this particular time. So as I was going to reach out and to, and just to be clear, uh, I did post something on the, on the comments on the video. I'm going to reach out to Roland Martin to say, listen, if you need a police expert uh, to come on and talk about these types of things, then, uh, you know, I'm your man to come on and talk about these types of things. Uh, but I think that his particular analysis and the guest panelists that he has for his particular show uh, really, really uh, missed the mark. Again, they're not police experts, they're not lawyers. Um, I know that he's got access to police experts, he's got access to lawyers. Why he didn't have them on to talk about, about this particular case, I do not know. And the case that I'm talking about, obviously, is the Philadelphia police shooting of uh, Walter Wallace Jr. Again, tragic situation. And we're going to discuss that. We're going to look into it. We're going to do a deep dive into it. Um, but uh, really just disappointing. So as I was trying to Google some information and just try to, you know, brush up to, so I can make this video, uh, I come across uh, an article uh, by CNN, Eric Levinson, who works for CNN. And I don't like when Tr President Trump uses the term fake news and points at CNN and says, you know, you guys are fake news and all this kind of thing. Um, I think, But in this particular case, I think that, you know, we're stirring the pot and we're not reporting the news. Uh, and, and that becomes part of the problem. Just report the news and there's no need for your spin and try to gear us in towards any directions. And we'll see that as, as we go through this particular article. So just to give some background about the article. Uh, so here we go. So once again, the name of this article is What We Know About the Philadelphia Police Shooting of Walter Wallace Jr. by Eric Levinson of CNN from CNN.com. It goes on to state two Philadelphia police officers shot and killed 27-year-old black man holding a knife on Monday afternoon as his mother watched nearby. Protests in the city have raged in the nights since. The police shooting of Walter Wallace Jr. captured on cell phone is just the latest instance of police officers using violence against black people. Wow, really starts off with a bang here, huh? Who disproportionately, who are disproportionately targeted by law enforcement? And like after police violence in many police violence <laughs> in Minneapolis, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and Louisville, Kentucky. Frustrated and angry residents have lashed out against the powers that be in the form of protests and violence. Can we hear and can we see from the, from the tone of this 
article which way this guy is leaning. Just just report the facts, man. Just report the facts. Here's what we know so far about the shooting and its aftermath. So here he goes on to state, police said the incident started with a 911 call about a man with a knife. CNN affiliate KYW reported. Officers who responded saw a man brandishing a knife and waving it erratically. Police, Philadelphia Police Sergeant Eric Grip told KYW. Jaheem Simpson, who took video of the police shooting, told CNN there was some commotion in arguing before police were called. Simpson and Wallace came out of the house with a knife and everybody told him to put the, the weapon down. He said he saw two officers pull their guns as soon as they saw the knife. Completely reasonable. If I see a knife, I'm going to pull my weapon as well. Nothing wrong with that. Simpson said a person who later learned was Wallace's mother told police that Wallace had mental issues. The video shows Wallace walking around a parked car into the street and two officers backing up. And let me say that again. And two officers backing up as he walks towards them. The police then fire multiple times at Wallace. Sergeant Grip told KYW that an officer took Wallace and his police cruiser to Presbyterian officer. Excuse me. Sergeant Grip told KYW that an officer took Wallace in his police cruiser to Presbyterian Hospital where he died. So they didn't even wait for the ambulance, right? They were so concerned about this man's life that they put him in their own police car, drove him to the hospital. Unfortunately, he succumbed to his, to his, to his wounds. Shaka Johnson, the lawyer for Wallace's family, said the family has made at least three calls to authorities that day. He said the initial call was for an ambulance and Johnson said Wallace's mother said the police were at scene earlier in the day. It's unclear how many times uh, police responded to the home. Uh, we know that they may have called three times. How many times they responded in that day? We don't know that yet. I'm sure that's going to come out in the investigation. What happened with the previous 911 calls and how many times did officers actually respond to the scene? Police officials in a Tuesday news conference did not answer questions about whether officers were there earlier in the day or had prior interactions with Wallace and they did not elaborate on what officers knew before the situation. The article goes on, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, it's a, the article goes on with subsections talking about uh, what we knew about Wallace, what we knew about the officers, uh, and how people have responded. Again, the name of the article is what we know about the Philadelphia police shooting. Uh, it's in CNN.com. I think you can tell by the tone uh, that uh, this particular a writer had some type of agenda, it would seem. So now what I want to do is I want to play just a little bit of the video and I'm going to jump to the part that I really had a, a problem with uh, concerning uh, the panelists that were on the Roland Martin Unfiltered show, uh, digital media show, podcast. Uh, and so none of them are police experts. None of them are lawyers. Uh, one is uh, works for the wildlife uh, another one is communication strategist, and another one is um, works for the Lincoln Group Project or something along those lines. So, well, let's get into it. Let's show the video here. Uh, so, here we go. We're seeing this race in so many others. We're going to be talking to a number of people here uh, from uh, Atlanta. We'll be hearing later from John Ossoff, from Reverend Raphael Warnock, both of them who are running. Uh, let me fast forward a little bit here. Sorry about that. Video is shocking. It could be triggering. So we're gonna warn you right now in advance. Watch this. Yo, this shit going on. Yo, watch. Yo, watch the world. Don't shoot the world. Yo, this shit crazy. You gonna smoke? Yo. Yo, watch my world. 
Yo, this shit go crazy on me. Okay, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to fast forward it just a little bit uh, till we get to the panelists uh, on the show because I'm very I'm interested in their assessment. By the law, at some point. Oh, let me back up a little bit here. Honest, but I think now more than ever, people are taken to the street. By the honest, but I think now more than ever, people are taken to the streets and they're demanding that transparency and we won't settle for anything less um all right then um we certainly appreciate you joining us thank you so very much thank you for having me that's not the guest this is the issue that's not the guest i want you to hear so it's these panelists uh who he's talking to right there i'm saying this for the benefit of the uh, audience for the audio audience out there what he's who he's talking to was a member of a, a community activist group uh, who's obviously demanding justice and in, in, in change and things like that and how law enforcement is done uh, I don't think that his uh, assessment was as relevant as these other experts uh, that Roland Martin really should have called in to have uh, uh, on a show. Again, I don't want to play the whole uh, thing here from Roland Martin, steal his thunder, go over to, his, to the YouTube page and watch the full interview uh, and everything else like that. Uh, so we're going to, right now he's going to talk to a, a number of three different persons who he has on, on a revolving panel that he has to talk about these different types of social issues, uh, whether it's voting or police violence or et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so now we're going to get into those particular persons. Continue to deal with police officers, again, who they are, they are trained to shoot to kill. Okay, let me stop it right there. So that's Roland Martin speaking right there. He's giving the introduction. He's going to give it to a man who, whose name is Mustafa Ali. Uh, and so Mustafa Ali has a PhD, I'm not sure what it's in, but uh, he works for the federal government for the wildlife federation or something like that. Something that had to do with wildlife and community activism and something along those lines. Uh, you can Google his name. Um, so <clears throat> he's given the introduction here. You can hear Roland Martin, uh, in my, in my view, a very respected news, uh, newsman, uh, anchor, uh, is really giving some bad information officers. And Roland Martin should know this. Roland, uh, officers are not trained to shoot to kill. They're trained to shoot to stop, shoot to stop the threat. We are not trained to shoot to kill. If you believe that, if you're out there listening to that, understand that as erroneous is incorrect, we are not trained to shoot to kill. Uh, and so for Mr. Martin to be saying this, I'm really, really disappointed. We are not trained to shoot. So let's continue with this. They are protected by the law at some point. Folks have got to stop thinking that calling the cops is always the first thing to do. Yeah, without a doubt. As was said, you know, it makes sense. The, one of the problems is where we invest. So when folks are talking about defunding the police and talking about investing, you know, investing in those mental health uh, professionals who should be a part of. There's 45 million people in our country who suffer from some form of mental illness, all the way beginning with depression, you know, all the way up to some of the more serious aspects uh, of mental health disorders. So if we know that, then you need to invest because you know these types of situations are going to come up. 
The other part of it that we have to call out is the fact that folks, when de-escalating a situation, should have tasers. So if someone is utilizing a taser, then hopefully that won't kill somebody. There are those rare cases where that happens. And these officers evidently did not have that. So I don't know how you have a pair of officers, and at least one of them doesn't have a taser, to be able to utilize in those types of situations. If it okay, so Mr. Mustafa Ali, who, uh, according to my Google search, uh, works for, uh, pull it up here so I can read it to, for the audience. He's a renowned thought leader, international speaker, policymaker, community liaison, trainer, and facilitator. Dr. Mustafa Santiago Ali serves as the Vice President in Environmental Justice, Climate, and Community Re Revitalization for the National Wildlife Foot Federation. He is also the founder of Revitalization Strategies, a business uh, focused on moving our most vulnerable communities from surviving to thriving. So that is his expertise. It does not say, uh, I don't know what his PhD is actually in. Um, but he, but you know, listen, he's a smart guy, thought leader, and everything like that. I'm not going to take anything away from him. And I actually, like I said, I listened to to him and to others on a variety of topics. Uh, but on this particular uh, um, platform and this particular segment, he is uh, dead wrong about these things. Now, I do not know if the officers had tasers, um, and uh, I do agree that that it, sometimes tasers can work. Uh, in in this in these types of situations, but someone who's advancing on you, you're not going to take out a taser. You're not going to take out a taser. That is incorrect tactics. We're not trained that way. Uh, maybe somebody is. Uh, even if one officer does have a taser, who he's tasing, another officer should have his firearm out in order to uh, control and to stop the threat as best as possible. Uh, so tasers are not a be all end all. Um, so that is, again, bad information. I understand that he's not a lawyer. I understand this is not his level of expertise, but I think that it's incumbent upon the show host to make sure that you have people on here who are going to bring accurate, beneficial information to, to your listeners. And this is not it. This is not it. And this continues to stoke the, the flames of, of certain people. And this is why we can't get anywhere because we're giving out bad information. We can't get anywhere when bad information is being given out. So I'm trying to give out good information so we can understand what officers are trained to do and what we're not trained to do, what we can do and what we are not trained to do. It comes to that. The third part of this is that, you know, I was on a gun range since I was about nine or 10 years old. If you can't shoot somebody in the leg, you know, as a last resort, then you got a problem actually being out there with a deadly weapon. Again, okay, so he's going to the range since he was nine or ten years old. Okay, that's great uh, that he's got that type of uh, proficiency. But I guarantee you, um, it's a different situ situation, different scenario. When and if uh, whatever you're shooting at has the potential to shoot back and or to advance on you with a knife, or if you're being shot at, uh, uh, you know, if you're shooting a deer and one of those big bucks with the antlers are coming at you, you shoot that in the leg, right? So. This this idea is bad. He, I, I understand that this is his level of thinking, but it's wrong, bad, and inaccurate. And I don't want it to be reinforced where people can think that officers can just shoot people in the leg and that'll stop the threat. That is not the case. It is not the case. So there are so many different things, along with the district attorney, along with the police chief and all these folks who are now running for offices saying that, you know, they believe in criminal justice reform. So we'll actually see if that really plays out in this situation. And not only that, shot 10 times, Rena, 10 times, not one time, 
One, exactly. you should have got one time. That's gonna that's gonna stop their forward progress ten times. Okay, here Roland Martins is speaking again, about to introduce his next guest. I believe her name is Rena Shaw. Uh, I'll talk about that when I get to her. Um, again, he's giving out bad information. You shoot this. You believe that if you get shot, uh, it's going to stop your forward progress. There's there's no science that supports this. There's no statistical information that supports this. No use of force scenario that supports this. No police expert is going to testify to this. No use of force science expert is going to to uh, to to back this statement up. You really should have had someone on who's going to talk about this. And I'm going to play a video where we're going to see someone get shot, shot a number of times, and and that person not only doesn't stop, but he's going to get up. So. <laughs> Uh, this bad information and this type of echo chamber of people just feeding off of each other is bad. And somebody's got to be in, be someone who says, uh, listen, I, I, I can't agree with what you're saying. And just to be fair, just in case anyone thinks I'm doing a, a bashing job on Roland Martin, what I've done is I've reached out to him. I've commented on the video and I'm going to reach out to him. If I can find his email address or anything like that, I'm going to reach out to him and say, listen, you need someone to talk about these types of matters, police and police involved matters, police shootings and things like that, then reach out to me and I will be more than happy to be on the show and to give you my expert opinion about uh, about what goes on in an officer's mind and police science and police use of force and, and use of force science and things like that to the best of my uh, ability. Um, but you can't have people on here who don't know what they're talking about uh, commenting to a national audience uh, and giving out incredibly inaccurate information. We've seen it time and time again, Roland. And I tell you, I still have goosebumps watching. Again, this lady's name is Rena Shaw, uh, the Lincoln Project, a women's coalition. So she's a member of the Lincoln's Project, the women's coalition, Rena Shaw. That I don't know if and ever any of us should ever become accustomed to seeing a human being die like that. I mean, I just can't take any more of these videos as a mother to see that mother wailing, begging those officers to stop, to de-escalate. Are a mother's words not enough? I mean, who can we trust when we can't call the cops to help with a situation like the one her son was experiencing? My very first thought is, why are these two officers ganging up on him like that? I'm not. Her first thought was, why are these officers ganging up? <laughs> I mean, listen, we, we can't be so over the top with our, with our analysis of what's going on. The officers were backing away. They were not ganging up on them. Um, and... Remember, the officers were called at least three times. We don't know how many times they responded or what they did in the other calls, but we know that they were called at least three times. So it's not like the officers were just picking on these people. The police, the, the people were calling for some type of assistance. And I would agree with with uh, with the previous guest and what another guest is going to say in a little bit that we need to have more community sources, more reallocation of of, of funding to towards mental health. But even when uh, a social a social worker responds, if somebody's got a knife, we need somebody who's there, who's trained, who can deal with that type of situation. Uh, and that's why they call. So let's continue on with Michelle. Anywhere near the law enforcement community. I don't, I don't have anybody who works in law enforcement. I've never been a part of it. And I even would think, wouldn't you want one officer behind this guy, one in front and shooting at the leg or at the foot? Something that doesn't mean that he has such a fatal blow. It's and I don't mean this in any type of a derogatory way towards Ms. Shaw, but it's clear and evident that you have no tr police training and or that you have uh, no one that you can bounce these type of ideas off of. Um, 
if you have ever ever had a conversation with any type of police officer, then you would have known that one officer standing in front of someone, one officer standing behind that same person, uh, pre presents a, 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 a terrible situation of crossfire in which if I shoot at uh, the intended target, if I miss my target and the officer is standing behind that target, I could then strike my uh, partner. That is an untenable situation that no officer is going to place themselves into. Again, you've got to have experts on to, to be able to discuss this type of thing. And she also mentioned shooting in the leg or shoot him in the foot. Uh, officers are trained to shoot center mass. Uh, that is the place that is going to stop the threat. People can still advance on an officer or advance on you if you shoot someone in the leg or in the foot. Uh, that, is, that is not going to stop their forward momentum, forward progress. Um, again, if there's any hunters out there and you shoot, uh, uh, you tr think you can take down a big, strong, I don't even know how much they weigh, 800, 900 pound buck, uh, deer who's, uh, coming at you, advancing at you. Uh, if you think you can shoot him in the leg and, and not get uh, stuck with those horns, then you're incredibly wrong in incredibly wrong. And you're making a fatal mistake. And this is the same type of situation and scenario that, uh, people are faced with police officers are faced with faced with when they are when they are uh, engaging in this type of behavior. So uh, again, Ms. Shaw is just completely wrong in, in her analysis. Given to him, and like the guy on the video said, why'd you guys have to shoot him so many times? Why'd you have to give him so many shots? It doesn't make sense. So the rioting that follows, yeah, that actually makes sense to me now. I'm not saying violence is ever the answer. I'm not saying shooting up businesses and looting them or arson or any of that is the answer. But how much more can these communities take when you see that? And I've never even lived in a community that looks like that. My skin color is not black and I'm over here feeling, feeling this. So mad. So let me tell you, when our lawmakers don't do their part, people can take to the streets nonviolently and talk about what we need to do. And I'm so glad Danielle Outlaw's in this role. Uh, she's the Philly police commissioner, the first black woman to be at this post. Um, she says that the investigation is gonna happen. It's gonna be done thoroughly. I trust her. I mean, she's got to know what this feels like. And uh, look, I mean, I, I trust her because she did things like, you know, saying they're gonna stop using tear gas back in, in May. So I think we'll see some reforms, but this shouldn't have had to happen. That young man did not need this. And so we need to continue to talk and get out there and nonviolently demonstrate how we feel when law enforcement does this in communities like that one. I certainly agree with the fact that we need more uh, social interactions, social uh agencies to step in and to help people. I think that this is why we need healthcare for all and everything like that. But this tragic situation of where, of where a man is advancing on police officers with a knife is not the case. Maybe the man, if he had better healthcare, and I don't know, maybe if he had better healthcare, uh, he could have gotten the medications that he needed, or maybe he needs someone to make sure that he was taking his medication. I'm sure that all this will come out in the future. But to believe that just because he's living a black man living in a black community in a black neighborhood, that white officers are ganging up on him and surrounding him and and why are they antagonizing and provoking him. That's essentially what she's saying uh, is just not the case. And it's not accurate. And it's not fair. It's not fair to these particular officers. They were backing away. They circled around the car. They were trying to get away from this man. They did not want this to happen. And I think we have to be able to see the things that are happening when they happen. And when things are bad, we call the police out on them. And when they're good, we, 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 we say that they, that they are justified in, in those circumstances. 
yes, I share her sentiment that this is a tragic uh, situation that it should not have had to happen, but this is not a situation in which uh, we blame racism or blame police officers or blame lack of training. Is it true that we, maybe they could have had tasers to Mr. Uh, Dr. Santiago's uh, point? Yeah, probably. Could they have had uh, tasers? Uh, could they have had pepper balls, rubber bullets, uh, uh, beanbag shotguns, any type of other methods, maybe more officers, a canine, et cetera? Yes, uh, I, I do agree that maybe with some other types of situations could have done, but they didn't have that. The situation unfolds rapidly. It escalated rapidly. You, we, According to law and legal precedent, we do not have to wait for things to escalate to that manner. As soon as the uh, knife came out, you, officers are completely justified. We're taking out their guns. Uh, maybe one could have had a taser. Maybe maybe they could have responded with a beanbag. We, we, we don't know. Uh, you, you know, and the quickness and the rapidness of the developing situation is really all part of the is really all part of the process. Um, again, bad information, and I think and I would hope uh, that uh, people will really take the words that I'm saying. As far as community, up in flames, up in arms, we've got to have we've got to have people out there calling for calm and calling for peace. And this type of uh, rhetoric that is being given on this on this particular platform is not helpful. When you think that the police are just th are just there and just shooting people and just just unarmed black people just shooting people, no, that's that's not the case. It's not the case. And we've got to have people who call for calm. We've got to have people who call for 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 transparency. Yes, tr for calm. Yes, for the public. Let the police do their job. Let the, let the uh, situation do their job. And we've got to have people, community leaders, community activists, ch church leaders, uh, preachers, et cetera, call for calm. And that is not what's going on. And this is a bad situation. Uh, Kelly, uh, again, we've seen countless examples of stories like this where someone mentally disturbed ends up dead because cops first instinct is shoot and kill again for the third time i got to stop this here roland martin is going off and stating that the uh, first instinct is to shoot to kill that's not the case they they were called at least three times uh they were circling so we don't know how many times they actually responded no and it's obviously if they responded e even one other time they didn't the first instinct was was not to shoot to kill don't be so hyperbole, hyperbole. Don't use so much, uh, uh, you know, phrases like like this. That's not the case. It's not the case. I, I understand he's maybe using some rhetorical device to capture attention and all that type of thing. But but you're not doing any good. Uh, the next woman who's going to speak is Kelly Pathea. She is a communication strategist. Again, not a lawyer, not a police expert. Um, and she's going to 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 uh, go on with her diatribe. But again really really disappointing really really disappointing in, in, in the whole coverage of this type of thing not only is their first instinct to shoot and kill their first perception of black skin is a threat their first no the first perception of of the threat was the knife in the man's hand and she's backing up roland martin's statement that their first instinct is shoot to kill completely inaccurate completely inaccurate really really bad and, and I, I hope that you can see why i want to do this video because i was really really bothered uh just by this whole thing the vision of a black person is a sense of evil or something that needs to be eradicated from this earth and that's not an exaggeration because this is the end result each and every time and it makes absolutely no sense to me and it shouldn't make sense to anybody why that young man is dead right now. Why that mother literally ran out 
and tried to de-escalate the situation. Like, do not kill my baby. And she watched police officers, people who are supposed to protect and serve her and her son, she watched them take his life. That is beyond traumatic for her. That is beyond traumatic for this community. And it shouldn't be happening. And to piggyback off of Mustafa's uh, sentiment about defunding the police, in all fairness, these communities don't even know what resources are available to them except the police. So that also needs to change. Well, you know, when I, 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 I agree with that. Uh, people don't know the resources. So I think that, number one, police officers ought to ought to have open forums in which they say, okay, here are our other ulterior uh, methods of, of getting help for, for people. Churches, community organizations, activists also need to be active in saying, hey, listen, don't call the police for these particular circumstances. Let's try to handle it ourselves. And here's social workers, uh, here are CITs, here are other uh, uh, clinical experts who can help deal with this type of thing. And yes, I agree that we need to have other types of, of uh, uh, format in which people can can go to uh, so they can get help for their loved ones and for themselves. I agree with that. I, I absolutely agree with that. The resources that are out there now, as is, to de-escalate situations, the phone numbers that are able to be used to call somebody and de-escalate the situation before the cops show up, that's not something that is in our everyday lexicon, in our everyday routine. Then here's what we need to do. We need to put them in our everyday lexicon. Everybody knows there, there are toddlers, two, two and three and four year olds who, who know to call 911. That, that information campaign uh, has been so successful that, that toddlers know to do this, right? So if we need the same type of campaign to say, hey, listen, here are other uh, f forms, here are other methods, here are other agencies that we can call when our loved ones are in some type of mental health crisis. There's no guns, no weapons. This person's just simply feeling suicidal. Let's not call the police where the, where the incidents of suicide by cops now skyrocket. Let's let's call a social worker and let's call someone else to, to try to get these people these some type of help. Let's have the same type of push. That is one of the answers that can come with this, right? So, so I agree with that. Let, let, let's if you wanted to fund the police and take some resources, let's put it into something that's going to actually work. So we need to change that too first before we do anything because those resources are already available to us. Completely agree. And they need to be more accessible to us as well. But we do need to defund the police too. But I just want to say that we do have resources available and that should be the first call. And that needs to be shared to the community so that tragedies like this don't happen anymore. Well, uh, that, that is certainly the issue there. Uh, th and is also, this is one of the issues that is a part of this campaign as well. Okay, I'm going to stop it right there because he's going on. He's at a Joe Biden uh, uh, rally, and uh, he's, he's going to talk about some politics and things like that, and, and I agree with that. So I, I, I agree with uh, mostly with what Kelly said. You know, some of the information was wrong and bad. I hope that, once again, people can see why I wanted to have that particular conversation. So what I want to do now is, oh, yeah. Uh, I want to play a video of a knife-wielding man who uh, who is shot a number of times, who still is advancing at police, who then uh, um, uh, gets up from after being shot uh, and then takes the back of a police officer. And what I mean by takes the back of, he gets behind the police officer, then is reaching into the police officer, he's grabbing the police officer physically, 
reaching for the police officer's gun. You hear the police officer screaming, he's got my gun, he's going for my gun. At this point, the second officer then uh, shoots and kills the man. So this is from an actual news agency. So you will hear the news anchor uh, uh, giving his commentary along the way. Okay, the, the name of the uh, video I'm gonna show you is Chilling Officer Shooting. Chilling officer shooting, knife-wielding man killed after charging officers. This is from Athens, Clark County. I'm assuming that's in Georgia, Athens, Clark County. Uh, Call from the start. Reports of this man armed with a knife acting erratically. And as the police body camera footage unfolds, the encounter quickly escalates. Put the knife down! The officers literally begged 23-year-old Aaron Hong to stop moving in their direction. Put it down, man, please! But Hong appears to want the officers to shoot him. He dashes toward one of the officers. Seven shots fired, but it's not over. Again, Hong demands to be shot. Hong overpowers the officer. Here you see him reaching for the officer's gun. And I stop it right there because, uh, you know, they go on with the story. Uh, but here, the visual, you see the man take the officer's back, gets behind the officer, reaches for his gun. Uh, uh, and this is after being shot a number of times, even though the seven, seven shots were fired. Not exactly sure how many times the man was struck. Uh, but whatever it was, he wasn't fatal, right? So imagine shooting someone in the leg and it's not fatal. He, the guy gets up again. You think you can shoot him in the foot? He's not going to advance on you. Um, so th these types of quick, rapid, uh, volatile, changing situation, I could be aiming at someone's foot and as soon as they twist and move, now the, now the bullet's off. Uh, this is not Call of Duty. This is not video games. This is not a movie. This is real life. Uh, and unfortunately, this man, Mr. Hung, lost his life. It's unfortunate that Mr. Wallace Jr. lost his life. Uh, and uh, so we've got to do something about our mental uh, health uh, uh, uh in this country, we've got to do something about the uh, healthcare in this country. Um, but uh, but giving out bad information, wrong information, and uh, in, in criticizing the police uh, when they make these types of, of of decisions is is completely inaccurate, completely wrong. And I I, can, I hope that you can see why I wanted to make this video. Again, it's just constructive criticism. Uh, again, I'm going to reach out. I'm not just trying to make out some uh, some video trying to blast. Uh, you know, the Roland Martin show. I love the show. I'm going to continue to watch it. I think he generally gives out great, great information. I've donated to the show. Um, and so uh, I, I appreciate everything that he's trying to do. Um, but I think in this particular case, you got to put out good information. And if you need someone on, on standby, hey, uh, you know, I do the best I can to 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 help you out there. Um, but um, But giving out bad and wrong information is not the way to go. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to drop that for you, for you all. Please rate, please subscribe, please share these videos. Please consider uh, supporting the podcast, PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, all CPTL Hunter. And uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, um, much love and peace.